the Not So Simple Podcast, insightful conversations for Christian living. Prayer. It's a word which is often used in church culture. It carries an attitude of reverence, and it can be done in many different places. But what are the purposes of prayer? And how can it be better utilized in the lives of believers? Let's dive into the conversation. Welcome everyone to the very first episode of the Not So Simple Podcast. My name is Jake Graffman, and alongside me here is Savannah Drager. Hello. And Sage Sirwar. Hey. On this show, we are so excited for all the content we're going to have for you guys. Uh, Here, we're just here to have conversations about Christian living, um, topics that maybe you've always wanted to talk about and maybe never got the chance to. We're going to jump right into them. Um, So, Savannah, what's today's topic about? Um, Today, we're starting off our series on prayer. Awesome. Um, We're going to be asking the question, um, how does prayer fit into a believer's life? Um, But before we begin, Jake, you want to pray for us? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, uh, we just pray that you come before us as we just take the time, God, to pray and talk about prayer, Lord, that we would um, just delve into this topic, Lord, of how we can better connect with you, God, and what it's all about to truly meet with you in prayer and how we should do it more effectively, God, and how often in our everyday lives, Lord. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, So um, where does prayer fit in a believer's life? Um, Sage, do you want to answer that? Yeah, sure. So some of the uh, categories that I think of are prayer in our personal lives, um, prayer in a corporate setting, um, which we see happening. It could be at church or it could be um, at a home fellowship, um, different things like that. Um, Gatherings. um, they're, They're another maybe you could call it a subcategory would be intercessory prayer. Um, yeah, those are the, the, the main ones that come to mind for me. All right. Awesome. Which one do we want to start with? I feel like, which one would you guys think that you interact with the most? Is it personal prayer or do you find yourself more interacting in intercessory or maybe even corporate prayer at church? Um, I think when it comes to a church setting, a lot of what we're doing, uh, would be considered corporate prayer. Um, that, that is the the ver- there's a verse in Matthew eighteen twenty which sort of uh, addresses that, um, which says, "For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them." Um, and I think that that uh, addresses it pretty well, um, where Jesus is referring to corporate prayer, and then uh, I think personal prayer um, is also uh, so vital to. Uh, the walk of a believer, um, something that came to my mind was that the Christian should not expect to see fruit in their walk apart from prayer. Hmm. That is a good thought. Do you think that, okay, so fruit apart from prayer, what do you, what do you think they are expecting to see? Like what kind of fruit do you think? Um, well, on the one hand, we, we, if we expect to grow in our walks with the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, we are called to, to walk worthy. Uh, Ephesians talks about that, to walk worthy of the calling to which you're called. How can you expect to, to be strengthened um, in that walk, in that calling, um, without being able to go to the Lord in prayer um, and asking to be filled with the Spirit? I think that's a lot of that is um, to, to come to the Lord and, and ask for, for 
to be um, strengthened in the spirit because we cannot uh, walk in holiness before him in our flesh. And um, elsewhere in Matthew, it talks about um, we simply need to ask to to be filled with the spirit. And um, we we are called to, to simply t- speak to the Lord and ask him these things, um, which is a very... I mean, really just an amazing thing to think about that because because of Jesus' work on the cross, this is like a, a yeah. whole long thing, but because Hebrews talks about now we have access into his throne room and we can come into his presence um, mm-hmm. in prayer um, and we can boldly ask of the Lord, which is really just an amazing thought. Yeah, definitely, as I was thinking about it all around, no matter what aspect of prayer you're talking about whether it is in the corporate setting personal or intercessory it's really a relationship you know it's not just this thing we throw up um with half a heart it's a it's who you're talking to and do you know him um and i think your prayer will reflect that you know i know in my life i've seen often i can not not in a judging sense but i've able to gauge someone's personal depth and their fruit and their walk by how do they pray to the lord is it a familiar prayer is it like they know that person or is it far off distant um do they really come and approach the lord in their prayer and i think it's just like that it's it's just a relationship and whether you want to see that um in the bible we have a romantic relationship as picture you know a marriage right as we're the bride of christ and so we have that relationship example from us and the lord um but also you, you can just even see it as a friendship sort of relationship where you can kind of tie it back into and is the relationship you have with your friend, one where it's like distant or or cold or, you know, in our prayer, are we acting like that with the Lord or yeah. do we just come to the Lord just to ask things and then we go away? Like that would be kind of a damaging relationship. Would you want that kind of relationship with a friend or would you want that kind of relationship with a spouse? And so to have that sensitivity to it, like I want to get to know the Lord in whichever aspect of prayer I'm in. Yeah, um, that kind of makes me think of Colossians um, 4.2, it says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Um, Like you said, you don't want to toss it around like it's nothing. Um, You wouldn't want that in a friendship or um, with a family member. Um, You want to approach God with um, humility and, um, I don't know, you don't want to be careless. You don't want to be frivolous with it. Um, It's a huge thing, and it's... um, honorable and yeah yeah I think too you can always gauge how your prayer life is if it's kind of one-sided right because if prayer is supposed to be a conversation is it a conversation or is it just are you doing all the talking you know I mean we always talk about asking the Lord for stuff but I mean I'll I'll kind of talk about myself I can often find myself just asking the Lord for things you know I'm coming for the Lord and I think it's prayer you know and whether I am interceding for someone or if I'm asking for things for myself whether it's you know forgiveness or what have you sometimes I'm just the one who's doing all the talking like Lord I need this right now and I need you to do this for me and goodbye you know and I I kind of walk away but do I wait to hear what the Lord has to say about it or what the Lord would say to me I think that sometimes that's an aspect of prayer we can miss out on yeah I totally agree with that that's something I think throughout seasons of my life that I've really like there, there's times where I'm like, man, I, I really am struggling to hear the voice of the Lord. How about I wait upon the Lord? <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I remember something um, our pastor has said before where he said, learn to linger long in the presence of the Lord. Um, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a difficult thing sometimes because I think we'll, we'll just be sitting there and be like, 
just like waiting and expecting. And I think part of this too comes from we, we try, we, the idea of like meditation or something is kind of that in the secular sense, it's like just, just empty your mind of thoughts or whatever. But instead we go to the Lord and I think it's important that we say, Lord, like fill me with your mind and your heart and your thoughts and, and coming before the Lord. And I think it's helpful to do that. Um, maybe after reading the word, um, and, and, spending some time praying, but it's so important that we wait upon him. I've been reminded of verse Lamentations 325. It says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And I've just been thinking about that. He says it's good to wait for him. And there's another verse, um, Psalm 2714 as well, that, that talks about um, is, is a good thing to wait upon the Lord. Um, and I think those verses are there for a reason. And the Lord is worthy of us uh, to wait upon him and to, to, because we should desire to hear his voice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's um, really good. But I think also going off of that, um, why prayer is so important for a believer is the fact that like it's an example that Jesus set for us. Um, I think, I mean, there are so many times in the Bible like, um, Luke six twenty two, um, John eighteen one, um, Jesus prays, um, and if that's what our faith is based on, Jesus, um, we should be walking as He did. Yeah, definitely. So following the example of how Jesus prayed, yeah, which we have like the biggest example of in the Garden, I think, um, but also other instances are teaching the disciples pray and pray in this manner you know it covers all the bases right there's confession you know asking the lord for forgiveness there's um asking the lord for provision um asking for the lord's will to be done so kind of jesus showed us like a roundabout prayer not that we're supposed to pray those exact things necessarily but this is how we're supposed to approach the lord and what we can approach him about um, which is basically everything it's like a a model of prayer yeah something that i think about um is there uh, in Nehemiah, it talks about how um, there, there's a situation, Nehemiah um, 1, 4 through 6, and it says, So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven, and I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now. So he continues on. And even just listening to that, I remember reading that passage one time and just thinking like immediately when this, this situation that, that it talked about in the previous verses has arisen, he immediately goes to prayer. That's the first thing he does, and he—you can hear the um, the humility in as he's approaching the Lord, um, and he he he's calling out to the Lord, saying, "Be attentive to my prayer." But I think it's just so important that prayer is the first thing we go to. It's our default um, position uh, as Christians is to go to the Lord in prayer and. If we're doing that, it also shows that we are to be praying expectantly of the Lord to to work and to answer. Yeah, definitely. I I really wanted to kind of bounce off what you said there about how going to the Lord first. You know, I think oftentimes like 
prayer can become our, like our last resort and sometimes where we'd rather mull it over, you know, whatever situation it is, whatever trouble we're facing, we'd rather try and figure it out through our mind. We'd rather try and plan like, oh, well, this is what I'm facing. So this is how I'm going to react and this is what I'm going to do. And then when that fails, then we're like, oh Lord, like I really need help now. But like you were saying there, he came to the Lord first. He was like, Lord, I'm not even going to bother. I'm going to come before you because I know that you're mighty. I know that you're great. And I know that you see what's going on. You want to take care of me. Yeah. Um, what does going to the Lord first, I guess, look like in a corporate setting? Because I know we talked about mm-hmm. like a couple of different points of like what prayer can look like in the church. And I feel like we touched on a lot of like the personal prayer and stuff. But Going to the Lord first in a corporate setting. I'm th- I, mean, I think we do that. You yeah. know, definitely it's how we open, you know, most congregational settings we begin the service in prayer before we worship we begin in prayer before we begin the sermon and we close um in prayer often so i think that it is prioritized in how we structure things for sure i guess what like what does corporate prayer look like mm-hmm. um i definitely think it is that coming together of believers you know of having one mind in prayer even though we might all be from different places that is part of the body is the coming together of all those members into one to take the time to seek the lord as one Mm, yeah i think i think even like something that is um that like i just see that we do at the church that we go to is that like sunday nights we have a time of just gathering and praying Mm -hmm. um whatever whoever the the, usually the pastor who's leading it, maybe it's based off of a passage of scripture, but just gathering um, and praying around scripture, I think is really important too. You're like, <clears throat> if you're ever wondering what to pray for, um, look at scripture. And I think that gives us a lot of um, thing reminds us of things that we should be praying for um, and praising the Lord for. And I think, I don't know, it's just, it really is a beautiful thing to see the whole body of Christ knowing all these people have come from different backgrounds, different walks. They have different testimonies of their faith and they come together and we can be united with the purpose, like knowing we all know the same God and now let's, let's intercede. I think that brings in the point of what intercessory prayer looks like in a corporate setting where um, we can pray on behalf of one another. Um, some, somebody struggling with one thing, somebody's family member has this going on, um, whatever it might be, um, then we can pray on behalf of one another. And it talks about um, elsewhere, how we, we're called to, to bear one another's burdens as the body of Christ. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Just talking about that prayer setting of beginning in scripture. Because I think we definitely can pray and hear me out, we can pray without the scripture, right? We can have things in our mind to seek the Lord about. But I think something about having the Bible open, and I know sometimes I'm like, well, what do I have to pray about? And then I begin to read, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to pray about. Like I can thank the Lord. I can I can come before him for all these things that I'm reading and you know, basically any portion of scripture. Um, Cause all scripture is profitable for teaching, but also I think for, for prayer and for seeking the Lord through. Also, I think pivoting a little bit towards how we pray um, in that personal setting. Um, I think it's really great to remind ourselves that though we're praying among other people, we're still praying to the Lord, um, which I think is a thing that personally I can get very caught up in or it can even keep me from praying sometimes and from participating because I'm like, oh, well, I don't know if this is going to sound right or I don't know if necessarily this is... um, 
maybe what the mediator of the prayer meeting intended me to pray, um, or if this is really necessarily where the Spirit's leading. You know, sometimes I, I can think about too much um, about what other people might think about my prayer. And I think that can kind of be inhibiting in that relationship aspect where the Lord is like, but I, but I want you to pray to me, right? I, I want you to talk to me. And I, I know how would, the, how would I feel if like um, my significant other, you know, were to not talk to me because they were thinking about what other people might think about them speaking to me, right? That would hurt. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that that's a really good point to bring out how we are, uh, we can and we should be genuine in our prayer. Um, I think two words that came to mind for me is um, brokenness in prayer, um, remembering who we're coming coming to and just coming to the Lord in humility, but also coming before the Lord in boldness and remembering like who our God is. He, he desires to, to commune and fellowship with us. Um, therefore, we can pray genuinely like, God knows our heart. <laughs> we and then we sometimes we ask questions like, "Well, why do I pray then if God already knows what I'm going to say before I say it?" Well, because it's a relationship. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that that's the case in in other personal relationships too. You kind of know what's going on, but it's it's being there for that person to hear them, um, to hear them express what is going on, um, because you care and. You, you're there. You're there to hear hear that person out. The Lord wants to know. He wants to have that type of relationship too. He he wants to listen and he he wants to to act on behalf of his people. Yeah, and going off a little bit of what you were saying, Jake. Um, I think I personally can get really like self conscious, I guess, in corporate prayer. And I think it's just important to note that um, the Lord is like just as present in corporate prayer as he is in your personal prayer, and that shouldn't like you said like inhibit us from praying mm-hmm. because like you said sage like um he wants us to pray to him and he desires that and we should desire it just as much yeah i think it it can also even come from potentially um i'll use me as an example I, i've come from both ends of it where i've been wanting to make sure i'm praying the right thing but that can also tend to lean over into a field of pride where I'm trying to make sure that I sound right. Not even me guarding, it's me kind of puffing myself up and, you know, I take like 15 minutes to think through my prayer before I actually pray it. But then again, it's like, well, who am I praying to now? You know, am I praying to, I'm praying for the, mm, the right. amen. Like, am I, am yeah. I hoping people yeah. respond to it that I craft my words in a way that, you know, gets them emotionally or am I just praying my heart to the Lord, you know? Um, and if it, if it does encourage the body, praise the Lord, but I don't think that should be its primary function. And I think we see that, um, you know, in Matthew six, five through seven, Jesus also talking about how to pray but really kind of he just touches on that basically that group setting like how you should pray um that you're not praying to other people in the room you're praying to um the lord and so jesus says and when you pray you're not to be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by people truly i say to you they have their reward in full but as for you when you pray go into your inner room close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and when you are praying do not use thoughtless repetition as mm-hmm. the gentiles do for they think that they will be heard because of their many words so jesus is saying like you know what why you know, look at these hypocrites they're they're purposely placing themselves 
on corners so that people will see their spirituality and they're you know getting puffed up and pride from that. So Jesus is saying, you know what? Rather just go into your room and guess what? The Lord hears you there just as much as he hears you on the street corner. And he's saying, seek me there, right? Put those distractions aside. Don't allow yourself to be thinking about you know what other people might think. Just come and pray to me. And he also talks about like the words you use. He's like, don't try and craft your words in a repetition to get people like, oh, wow, like that's, that's effective or wow, that's spiritual. He says, just ask, right? Don't, don't try and craft it in a certain way um, to get people's attention, really. Yeah, um, and actually right after that in verse 8, um, it tells us that God knows what we need before we even ask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like you said, it doesn't matter whether we're alone or if we're on the streets or if we're on the corner or anything. Um, it's a heart posture. It's not um, the words that we use. Yeah. It's like God already knows. Absolutely. Yeah, another, I guess, question that I was thinking about in reference to this is when we pray and i think that this can kind of st- st- stem from the same thing is like our we can we can just be praying to, especially in a corporate setting for just how people other people will will perceive what we're saying rather than just a genuine prayer um to the lord to be heard by the lord um is and something i was thinking about is everything you pray in reference to yourself and that kind of it's not like we shouldn't be praying um, for mm-hmm. ourselves, I guess. Um, or, I mean, we should be praying for ourselves. We should be praying for others. Uh, we, sh- I think in, the, in our prayer and in the model prayer that Jesus gives where he says, this is how you should pray. Um, he, he gives examples. He gives like examples of that. We should be worshiping in prayer. Um, we should be praying for others. We should be praying um, just for the Lord's provision, different things like that. And, but like when we pray is, does it all kind of just come back to us? Like, Lord, help me to get over this person who is making me unhappy in my Mm. life. Does it all just circle back to you or, or is it, is it like a, I think that's where, where like that brokenness comes where you come before the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you and just sanctify my spirit and my motives so so that I desire like what you desire I think I, I don't know that's something that I always have yeah. to come back to it's like I I know I know I know I think we can know what we're praying is according to the will of God by looking at scripture um, but we also can sometimes just get get caught up in saying things and forget who it is we're saying them to yeah yeah kind of going off of that um uh, makes me think about when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, and it was right before like he got crucified, and he prayed to God, um, but the final words in his prayer were, yet not as I will, but as you will. Mm-hmm. And that's Matthew twenty six thirty nine. Um, kind of what you were saying, Sage, just the fact that like we aren't really praying for ourselves. At the end of the day, we're praying for his glory to be done with our lives. Um, so whatever his will is at the end of that, it's like we can have desires in our heart um, and he already knows that. But um, if we're submitting it to them, to him, um, then and his will be done, then. Yeah, that's kind of the end goal. Right? Yeah. It's not about us, even though the Lord wants to hear about us. Yeah. Right. It's about the Lord's it's a relationship. glory in that. Yeah. In that relationship, for sure. Um, so I think that's kind of transitioning in a way because you're talking about like our prayers can be so centered on ourselves. And I think there's definitely a time and 
place for that, right? Personal prayer, letting the Lord know what's going on in your life and how you want him to show up, you know, um, and that kind of transitions to need, like showing up for your needs. Mm-hmm. But I think also one of the greatest things is to be able to pray for someone else, yeah. um, to get to be a part in someone else's walk, be in a relationship with them, being part of the body of Christ by, you know, coming alongside someone else in their need and lifting them up before the Lord yourself and saying, Lord, you know, there's this, right, sickness, there's this illness, there's this um, trouble. And Lord, come and meet this person. Lord, your will be done in this person's life and uh, just just come and, and meet them and change them. I think is a big aspect is intercessory prayer. Yeah, intercessory prayer is really cool. And um, I think it's honestly, it's kind of an honor because if you think about it, Romans 8, um, 34 says, um, Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised up is at the right hand of God, who is also interceding for us, Mm -hmm. um, for our sins, for what he died on the cross for, um, and for all the things that we're doing today and for the rest of our lives. So I think it's super cool that we get the opportunity to do that as well. Yeah, and I think that's also something so cool is that, and I don't even understand it, but God prays for us, or Jesus prays for us. I don't know how that works. (laughs) Um, So if anybody knows, please let me know. But it's so comforting, right, that Jesus himself is praying for his church. You know, he sees what's going on in our lives, and he's praying that we would stand fast, right? He's praying that we would resist sin. He's praying that we would uh, stand strong in trials, that that we would overcome, that we would walk closer with him. Um, And I think that's just so beautiful. Yeah, I think another aspect of that in terms of interceding for people, which this goes into uh, a little bit of another topic too, but just praying, uh, James... um, 514 talks about praying for those who are sick. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. And then in verse 16, it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then he goes mm-hmm. on to talk about Elijah and the great power, the, the what the Lord did through the prayers of Elijah. And he says, the same spirit that was in Elijah is in you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I think that that should just lead us it kind of goes back to how we pray pray for other members of the body of Christ. We we pray um, for things like healing. Um, I I know I've seen I've seen somebody healed before, and it was it strengthened my faith, <laughs> and it's an amazing testimony. And it is something that still, the Lord is still working in today. But I think it reminds us, like seeing that example of Elijah, how Elijah prayed, and the Lord made it stop raining for like several, a few, three years and six months. Um, that should cause us to want to pray more. There, uh, it's First Thessalonians five seventeen that says, pray without ceasing. Um, that means we're to be praying a lot. Uh, we're definitely supposed to be praying uh, as believers. Prayer is supposed to be happening all the time. Yeah. Um, and we should, I think we should also, like we talked about before, that should be our def- default position. And we should pray expectantly, knowing the Lord um, hears our prayers. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that kind of flows into more of the relationship aspect, but how our spiritual 
walk what it's supposed to look like in prayer and that it would appear to be saying that the fervent prayer of a not righteous man does not avail as much that we need to be those who are holy before the lord that we need to be making sure that we are in a right relationship with him uh first john talks about a ton uh, specifically in the first chapter talking about that you know we need to make sure that we're walking in the light um because if we trick ourselves into thinking that we have a certain relationship with the lord that we do not we might actually just be kind of walking alone and walking in our own direction, but we're walking in darkness or walking in sin. And then we're pretending, you know, when we come to church that, oh yes, I have this great relationship with the Lord and you might pray, but is the Lord able to answer those prayers? Are you walking with the Lord in such a way where you're in a close walk with him, where he's able to commune with you in prayer? Or do you need to right get some things right with the Lord where you're able to come back um, and for him to hear you? Yeah, I totally agree with that. It, how we how we walk affects mm-hmm. our prayer. <laughs> we can't we can't just to expect in, in our daily lives to just walk however we want to, um, and then go to the Lord and pray and be like, "All right, now I should expect the Lord to to hear my prayers." I know that I can't remember where the verse is, but it talks about how I think we we even can hinder our prayers by walking that way. Um, and then going to the Lord, how do, how do you think that it makes the Lord feel when you're like walking in opposition to what what he's told us already? And then yeah. going to him and being like, um, Lord, um, I need help with this. Um, would you provide for me in this way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's not how, I don't think that's very honoring to the Lord. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. So I think that especially when it's that intercessory prayer, it says that even the person who is who is sick, right, or someone who's in need of something coming for people, they too, right, need to make sure that they're right before the Lord, not just the person who's praying, but also the person who is um, in, in need, right, the person who needs to be healed. They also need to make sure that they are confessing sin to the Lord mm. and making sure that they're in a right standing where the Lord can work in their life, not just physically, but also spiritually. The, it seems that both healings are being done a spiritual one and a, and a physical one yeah yeah for sure, sure. Um, kind of moving on from that what do you guys think about um, praying for our, our enemies or praying for people who persecute us I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking of Matthew five forty four, but I say to you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that can be personal um, corporate um, intercessory anything like that but um, I just think like going back kind of to the prompt of like what does it look like um to pray in a believer's life and i feel like that just is another aspect i think that in a way it is an intercessory prayer Mm -hmm. still if you think about it and we might not like to think about that because it's hard right to pray for someone who does not like you or that you might not like, you know, let's, let's be honest, like we're fallen people and, you know, there are people who don't wish us well, whether they might, it might be another brother or sister that you might have conflict with, right? There's verses all, you know, Paul addresses that ton, like, hey, I see you guys are having this conflict, we need to make it right. Yeah. Well, as you're in the midst of that, you, like, like Savannah was saying, you need to be praying, right? You need to be praying for that person. And if you're not having a heart that would want to pray for that person, there's probably not going to be any resolve or any restitution that's going to happen because you're not even wanting to care for that person in prayer. 
then you're probably not going to want to go up to them physically and say, hey, we need to make this right. Like you don't even want to come before the Lord and ask for that thing to be healed. You're not, you're probably not going to seek that out um, in person. Yeah, I've heard it said before. And if you, if you keep praying for that person that you really dislike, mm-hmm. eventually you're not going to, you can't hate them as, as much anymore. Like if you, you're praying for them, if you're truly persistently continuing in prayer for them, you're, you're not going to hate the, hate them as much anymore. Um, if your prayer is true yeah. and genuine. Um, and although I don't, I don't think we're required to like every person. We are called to love every person yeah. and we are called to love our enemies, um, which is definitely a hard thing to learn. And I think it requires just that humility aspect too, like remembering, remembering who we are and remembering how God saved us. And also just, I don't know, all the Lord does in our lives. It just reminds us, Lord, you, that person needs you <laughs> and I need you to intercede in this situation. Um, yeah, we all need him, right? It's not just that person, right? Maybe look at yourself. Like, you know, sometimes I've convinced myself that it's the other person who's the problem. Um, my mother always says it takes two to fight, you know? And so it's not just that person. They they might be the aggressor, but I'm pretty certain maybe I reacted, you know, to maybe cause them to now dislike me. And so sometimes, even if we feel like we aren't the main problem, we can show love to someone just by... Yeah choosing humility, choosing to come for them and saying, you know what? I want to say that I am sorry for what I've done. I want to come and make this right. And sometimes by putting your guard down, it makes the other person realize that they can as well. You know, because you come up and say, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about this thing and we're going to, you know, we're going to settle this right here and now, like as not, they're going to come to you that same aggression, that same defense, but coming to that person in love. And that's what sets us apart right? That's what Jesus said is that they will know the world is going to know my disciples by their love for one another. Mm. Um, He chose that attribute as what would set us apart, not as something else, even though there are definitely other Christian attributes. Um, He says that it is love where someone who is not a believer is going to be able to tell there's something different about that person, right? In that instance, instead of choosing to fight, they chose to love that person who they've been in conflict with. Yeah. Um, I think about, I'm thinking about another aspect of prayer as well is that we are praying that we um, do not fall into temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, first Corinthians, uh, 10, 12 says, therefore let him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So we can know with confidence the truth, the unchanging truth of scripture tells us, Lord is not tempting us beyond what we can bear elsewhere. It says there he provides a way of escape. I believe it's in James. Um, I think it's first. Corinthians. First Corinthians, Possibly. it I'm might sure. be in First Corinthians too, but he he provides a way of escape. So if we know that, we don't just say, "Oh man, mm-hmm. I sinned." Yeah, I guess there is no way of escape. Like as right. as believers, sin doesn't sin doesn't just like trap us, and we're like, yeah. "I can't get out." No, we are free by the blood of Jesus Christ, and we have His Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Therefore, that we we know that there's a way of escape. And I think it's so important, once again, that we go right to prayer. We, we recognize, of course, first thing is 
avoid putting yourself in situations where you're going to be tempted to sin. But also when you are in those situations, inevitably, then you go to the Lord in prayer. You're saying, Lord, this is something that I struggle with. Whatever it might be, I'm tempted to lash out at this person who makes me, who's making me angry or upset. Then you go to the Lord in prayer and say, help me not to do that. (laughs) Help me not to give in to the temptation to do that. And the -hmm. Lord, um, is faithful to provide yeah. in those times. Kind of like you were saying, like God is not going to put us through situations or allow us to be tempted in such a way where there is no other choice but to sin. So you know that if you did mess up, you just missed the exit. You know, like you literally just blew right past it. And so we can know that when we're in those instances where we have to make that choice to love or to hate or, you know, to sin or to not sin in really any area that we're tempted. We know that there is an escape. We just need to stop, right, and take the time to pray and say, Lord, show me the way out. Help me to choose the right thing, the thing that would honor you in this situation. And seeking the Lord, right, kind of intercessory for yourself in a way. Um, Kind of going off of all that, I just kind of was wondering, um, when we are praying to God, though, what are your guys' thoughts on, like, how to know whether we're praying according to the will of God? Hmm. That is a good thought because we definitely want to make sure that— Yeah we are praying the right thing. So yeah. Lord is not going to answer something that is contrary right. to his will. And we covered, obviously, like we don't want to be self-focused and self-centered mm-hmm. when we're praying and everything. Like we, we want to be praying for the glory of God and we want to be praying for his will to be done. Um, but I guess when you are praying, how are we supposed to know what that is? Yeah, I think that anything that is going to be contrary to the advancement of God's kingdom yeah. or anything that's going to bring you harm, whether you realize it or not, um, something that is going to bring down your walk with the Lord. Um, and that might even be something where you don't even realize it. You're just like, Lord, like this is something I'd like. And the Lord knows for you to have that thing would be for you to not walk with him well. I think sometimes the Lord is gracious to not grant us those things. Um, and if you think about it, according to the Lord's will is something that's according to his nature, you know, like who he is, like what his will is, what he would prefer, you know, to, to happen. And so, um, I think that, you know, Lord make me, you know, the, the richest man you possibly could, like, is that in the Lord's best interest or is that in your best interest? Is that something that's going to, you know, build you up? Yeah. One of my favorite verses is Psalm eighty four eleven, which talks about, it says the Lord withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly with him. And I think uh, we can just re- be reminded of that as a promise as we pray. We're like, I'm not sure if this is according to the will of the Lord or not. This, uh, so, sometimes we're like, Lord, I really think this is a good thing and he doesn't mm-hmm. give it to us. And I think we can, we can trust him knowing that's, that's maybe that's not a good thing or not yeah, in that way. The, the Lord, option. the Lord is sovereign and he can see, um, what truly is good for us. And I think it's comforting as much as it is hard a lot of times because yeah. we don't see the full picture. And a lot of times we really wish we could. I know I do. I'm like, man. Yeah. Um, and kind of the last thing before we start to wrap up, um, is, going off of that it's like if we know that something is or isn't the lord's will um like praying with persistence is i think a big thing in the church it's like we want to be persistent in prayer it makes sense um that's quoted in luke 18 1 first thessalonians 5 17 um and we shouldn't quit because we haven't received um an immediate answer or something for our prayer um 
But I guess in terms of that, do you guys have any thoughts on um, what I guess the importance of persistent prayer is? Yeah, I think that, I mean, we have a couple parables on that. We have the parable of the persistent widow, you know, the mm-hmm. widow who came before the judge over and over and over again. And of course, the judge being, you know, a, a human got frustrated. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the Lord gets frustrated, but we still have that that picture of, you know, granting that to someone who it, it's clear this is something they need. Um, so I think the Lord wants us to come to him over and over again, not because he's kind of like dangling the bait over us, like, oh, one more time, one more time, you almost got it. Um, and I definitely don't think he gives it, grants us those things out of um, begrudging or like, okay, just leave me alone already. I think he does it because as we come to him over and over, we get closer to him. And I think that's the ultimate goal of what the Lord wants in that. Um, not that there's some magic number where the Lord's like, okay, he's on prayer 11. I want him to get to prayer 13. You know, I think it's just the Lord wants us to draw closer. Mm. And if that is according to his will, what we're praying that he will grant us that as we've saw his face over and over. Yeah. I don't have much to add to that because I was yeah. really good. And I a hundred percent agree. The Lord, I think a lot of the times is like his purpose in, in allowing us to, to just be seeing that we're faithful and persistent in prayer is like a lot of times like that, that causes us to draw near to the Lord and that it really is doing more of a work in us than, than even we realize until afterwards. And we're like, oh, wow, the Lord really he did something else there too, yeah. even even as I was persistent in prayer and he also answered my prayer, um, which is just awesome. Yeah, I think it goes both ways too because you said like, how do we know the Lord's will in persistent prayer? Yeah. I think we can also learn as we get closer with him this thing I'm praying, I don't think is what the Lord wants for me, mm. you know, cause I know there's been big life decisions or, uh, things where I thought like, Lord, is this your will? And I, I came to him over and over again. The first couple of times it wasn't very clear. So I maybe made a little step forward and I kept on praying. And as I got closer and closer to that, I've, I, it became clear, yeah. you know, the, like, it turns out, I don't think this is what the Lord intends for me. And that was a process. You know, I don't, I don't see that as a mistake. I see that as getting closer with the Lord. And as I got closer, I heard his voice better. If you want to, if you want to think about it that way. And so I think we can also know the Lord's will in, in prayer and in that consistent coming to him. Um, an analogy I always heard was that, you know, you can kind of think of it like a king, right? Mm-hmm. And a king makes edicts, right? And so when the scribe, you know, goes out to the townspeople and he says like, you know, thus says the king or like mm-hmm. in the name of the king, like this law is about to be passed. The people would know that whatever was about to be said is in accordance with the king's will because yeah. it's in his name. And so if, you know, some wacky law is passed, like the king, you know, decrees that the king's going to be, you know, taken away from the throne. Like, wait, what? No, like, <laughs> I doubt that's, you know, that king's will that he would lose his his reign and his kingdom. So that's probably a fraud. And so I think in that way, we can know the Lord based on if it's according to his nature, kind of rounding back to that, that first question we had. Is it something that this is the Lord's will? Is this something the Lord would want? Or do I see that? And you can like we said, scripture, like have the Bible open as you're praying. Like, does the Bible say this is a good thing for Christians to be praying for? Is this something good for me to have? Is this something the Lord delights in or is this just something I want? Yeah, that's really good. Um, um, kind of like as we're wrapping up, um, prayer obviously has a lot of aspects in a believer's life. Mm-hmm. And um, Jake, I don't know if you want to just summarize everything that we talked about just to... Yeah, I think we... I think we kind of 
brought to the table three main aspects. I won't say that we covered all the aspects <laughs> of prayer, definitely not. Um, but we covered three main aspects that we see prayer prayed out. And, you know, we have the intercessory prayer, the corporate prayer, the personal prayer. And we just kind of covered what that should look like in each instance. You know, how should we be praying in a corporate setting? What are the benefits of it? And where do we maybe need to be careful? Um, yeah. Also with personal prayer, like how do we need to make sure that we're praying according to the Lord's will, that we're seeking his face and, you know, not just trying to um, get more stuff for ourselves. You know, and also intercessory prayer, the importance of being holy, making sure that you're in a place for the Lord where he's able to hear you and he's able to um, grant those things. And you're not just, you know, pretending you have a relationship with the Lord that you really don't have. Um, so I think that really these aspects of prayer, um, they're not all inclusive across the board. Um, there's definitely so much more we could talk about and that we will talk about in coming up episodes for sure. We got planned for you guys. Um, but it's kind of a place to start really these kind of three main aspects of prayer. Well, awesome. Let's end this segment and we're going to transition to our Q and a segment. Right, you guys we're in the q a segment of our podcast um but before we, we begin with the question um we're going to talk about a fun word of the week and a fun fact of the week um so sage do you want to start with our word of the week all right so i couldn't i couldn't decide i can decide because i will decide between these two words so the our word of the week for this hit us, week hit us with it will be cogent what the word is cogent meaning of an argument or case clear logical and convincing and there you go did, did you know this word already or did you just like i already knew it you pull it so you just pulled it out of your library of words yeah so i was uh, funny funny story funny story so the other week uh, we was we was having a conversation at church and <laughs> <laughs> hey you know you gotta it's it, the backstories are worth it okay. so i was like man I, when I talk, I don't want to be like subtle, but I also don't want to be like blunt. Um, so I was like, what is the word? And so I looked up like synonyms for articulate and the word was cogent. And then I was like, I should use that for the word of the week. And so the word means clear, logical and convincing. Okay. But is that like a practical word? Like, have you ever used that word on purpose? Yeah, I did one time in and my life. How did people respond? They didn't know it was a word. Actually, I've used it twice. So it's not practical is what you're saying, but it sounds good. Yeah. Okay. It's precise. All right. If you say so, the word of the day, cogent, try and use it without people looking at you like an <laughs> alien. I dare you. Cogent. I can't convince you that. <laughs> All right, Jake, hit us with a fun fact. Okay. I've got a fun fact for you. Um, I can't, technically it's historical and scientific because it has to do with a historical monument. But it's the science of it, so it's a historically scientific fun fact. So you guys know the Eiffel Tower, correct, in Paris, France. Um, it is. Did you know that during the summer months, it can grow 15 centimeters? Oh, because, like, the metal expands? Hold on. What, Sage, this is, this is my But how, Jake? Fun fact. I'll tell you before Sage just almost... So... During the summer months, obviously, heat causes thermal expansion in metals. And so the metal um, literally will expand in the heat. Thank you, Sage. Um, and it will literally grow. 
and then as it cools down, it'll shrink back 15 centimeters. I don't work in the in the metric system, but that sounds like a lot to me. Uh, centimeters are like, like centimeters are pretty tiny, but yeah, like 15 centimeters is half a foot. Yeah, dang, me, a little over half a foot. Really? Yes. That's insane. That is insane. But apparently the engineers made it. Uh, like I know that engineers are supposed to like account for those things and make for like flux and yeah. growth. But I thought that's crazy that it literally like grows. So there you are. Yeah, I hope you guys are better for that with that fun fact. <laughs> I'm gonna Go tell, tell it your, to everybody. Tell your friends. <laughs> okay. So um, our question of the day comes from our friend Alejandro Quintana. Um, he asked us. Um, the Lord's Prayer, is it meant to be prayed word for word, or is it meant to be a model for prayer, for believers? Hmm. So meaning, like, repeated in our prayers yeah. often, or just gleaned from? Right. Hmm. I mean, that, that's a question I, it's not a new question. I think that's kind of one that goes around a lot, um, and definitely is handled differently depending on what denomination you are from, um, honestly. What do you think, Sage? There's definitely people that like straight up just pray through the Lord's Prayer, and I don't think that's a it's not wrong. Um, but I think even even in the wording that Jesus gives us, like as what he prefaces before giving the prayer is he says, "In this manner, therefore pray." In this manner, I think is really indicating this. This is a model for how we're supposed to pray, um, and uh, maybe in a future episode we'll be able to go more into depth mm-hmm. about yeah, that'd um, be good. what what these ver- is what all is in these verses um but i really think it, it's a model that we're meant to to base our prayers upon yeah so i think that kind of in a way would almost contradict what jesus said where he said don't pray in repetition you know he wants to hear specifically what's from our heart so i think that's kind of counterintuitive if we answer that by praying in repetition by just praying a prayer over and over no matter what we're feeling inside no matter what we're going on with it's like well but like what's your heart like what do you want to pray to the lord and if it's like lord i'm excited i want to praise you and then you start praying the lord's prayer it's like lord i desperately need you like i'm in a dark place and you just start praying the lord's prayer it's like well lord does know your heart but talk to him you know right um yeah so i would say Biblically, it is meant to be as a model. Um, we see elements in it, right? Um, and probably won't go too in depth to this because I think we want to definitely break this down in a future episode. But I think we see in it elements that are to be replicated in their heart, but not necessarily word for word. Um, I think Jesus is giving us specific examples of things we could pray in a prayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Awesome. Well, Eleandra, I hope that answers your question for you. All right, guys, that's all the time that we have for today. Um, Hope the episode was insightful for y'all and can't wait to have you join the conversation next week. Absolutely. Stay tuned for future installments of the episode next week. We're going to take a break from this topic and we're going to switch to a new topic, which I'm not going to tell you what it is. So you guys have to stay (laughs) tuned and figure out what that is. And the following week, we'll be back on prayer. So goodbye for now and shalom in the home. Thank you for listening to the Not So Simple Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to stay up to date on our latest news, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore not so simple podcast.
If you have any questions concerning one of our episode topics and you would like it to be featured in a Q&A segment, then feel free to message us through Instagram. Until next time, thank you for joining the conversation.